Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Friend Wrap. I am your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Mr. Michael Morris. Let's get into the news of today, and we're going to do a double feature to start off with the uh, National Planning Commission, which was established originally by Jacob Zuma in 2010 and published the National Development Plan in, I think, 2012, um, had scheduled a press briefing where they were going to talk to the media about the incredible lack of progress that's been made by the country in the last 10 years in meeting the uh, objectives set for the National Development Plan, which is, in theory, government's plan that it's been working towards for the last decade. Uh, apparently, South Africa has only achieved one of all of the economic targets that were set. Um, and generally, our performance is way, way below economically uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the expected uh, place we'd be at. In fact, the National Development Plan had originally envisioned pretty much knocking out absolute poverty by about 2030, which is something that I think we're not even close to achieving at the moment. Mm. Um, so this briefing was about to be held, and then suddenly government got it cancelled. And apparently the cabinet and the presidency are not very happy, they say, that this uh, needs to be presented first towards cabinet before that the, uh, they can uh, deal with the issues uh, that are highlighted by the report. Um, the event would be rescheduled after Cabinet had had the opportunity to interact with the National Planning Commission. At the same time, um, uh, the uh, Business Leadership SA says that the country is heading towards a fiscal collapse um, because we are not getting the growth that we need in order to lift government revenues and that we need to cut spending or else we will induce a financial crisis because we just simply can't raise taxes anymore. Usimo Vuso um, of uh, Business Leadership SA said that there are dangerous narratives being pushed, including the idea that government should spend more because it will somehow magically deliver more social spending and growth. This is simply not true, she said, and it will lead to insolvency. A state tipping into insolvency is a disaster. From Argentina to Greece to Zimbabwe, it is inevitably involves massive disruption to public services, the retrenchment of much of the public sector, workforce, and a collapse in the value of government <coughs> debt. It also triggers a crisis in the private sector, who, of course, are one of the biggest lenders to government in general. So we've got some very bad economic news for government ahead of the elections next year. Uh, Michael, what do you make of all this? It does really seem as though we're kind of coming to a bit of an economic fiscal crisis. Mm. Um, the crisis has been developing for a while, seems to be maturing, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Your point about the synchronicity between these two stories, I think, is very important. Uh, all credit to the National Planning Commission for wanting to uh, press ahead and discuss, make public, discuss, make the, the, their research part of the public conversation. And it is a, a very significant, very important data that they um, that they have gathered. And just to remind um, to remind listeners and viewers, the, the, the national the national development plan was drawn up. Uh, 2010, or actually it was drawn up 2012, but the commission was set up in 2010 to, to, to do this, draw up a plan for the country 2010 to 2030. These are the targets. This is what we want to do. We want to be a successful African country, and it is achievable, and this is how we're going to do it. And so they set all these, these various targets. Um, and uh the, the the figures that have been shared um in the uh, in the 24 story 
that we that we're talking about uh, make for salutary reading. Um, and then before we get to that, the 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 other uh, story about um, the CEO of of uh, business leadership is uh, Bruce Mavuso making this warning. And there's just a point that I, I thought was was uh, was quite important to to emphasise. She said. Uh, that the argument put forward by some government officials, very senior um, politicians have been saying this in recent weeks even, that increased government spending is really the key. This would drive growth. How often have we heard this? Um, that this, uh, Mavuso warns, is self-defeating. If that were the case, she points out, the past decade of ballooning government spending would have delivered record growth. So now we have a, now we have a look at what the National Planning Commission has, has found. Uh, GDP growth, for instance, uh, 2011 figure, 3.3%. Uh, and uh, the target for 2030 was 54 That's what they set it as in, in 2010 or 2012. The actual 2022 is 1.1. 1 .1. Very, very distressing figure, that one. The other one, which is very striking, is uh, unemployment rate of 25.4% in 2012, the target for 2030, 6%. It's very similar to the target, in fact, that the, the IRR has said is achievable in its in our growth um, our growth strategy, which we've recently published, recently updated also. Uh, we say 7% uh, over the next 10 years. This is achievable. It's the absolute minimum to get unemployment going, uh, uh, reduced. Um the the unemployment rate uh, target for uh, for the National Planning Commission for 2030 was 6%, and it's gone instead from 25.4% when they began to 329 today. So these are just, just a few of the figures. Um, and uh, it, it really brings home to one what the economic realities are, uh, which uh, clearly business leadership South Africa is very clearly, is very... Uh, 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 unsentimentally focused on. They can see what works, what doesn't, what needs to be done, and they're warning very strongly that we need to cut spending and focus on policies and, and, and government um, strategies that actually produce the figures we want to see and that should be achievable. So, yeah, very significant. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, over the last decade, South Africa has actually per capita gotten poorer. Uh, mm. Our GDP per capita has decreased, I think, almost every single year since about 2010. Um, the highest level of growth we've had, you know, you, you mentioned the target of 5%. The highest we've had is, I think, 3%, which was in 2010. Uh, and, uh, and Well, we had 49 but that was kind of a rebounding after the COVID, which yeah. uh, I think kind of distorted a bit. But in a sort of more normal <clears throat> year, the highest we've had is 3 which is just not good enough, um, yeah. especially considering the average has been much lower. And without that growth, you can't fix poverty, you can't fix unemployment, and you'd want, you're want you not going to have money to spend on all the social projects that government wants to spend on. Yeah. And so yeah. we've, we've sort of been spinning tires for the last 10 years at least, yeah. um, with no sign of that turning around. And you can exactly. trace it exactly to the change in policy that really hits uh, that, that hits the country with the Zuma administration coming in. And it's not just to do with corruption, it's to do with the increasing uh, regulatory um, uh, framework of the country, the influence of ministers like Ibrahim Patel, who I think have strangled lots of businesses in this country with mm. lots of red tape um, and lots more taxes. 
And yeah. so <clears throat> if we want to turn the ship around, we actually need to change some of those things. In, um, indeed. And of course, the you know the, the worrying juncture that we that we we are now approaching is election year, um, where yes. you know, the government obviously it, it doesn't have the resources to make the promises it would like to to uh, to carry through, uh, and and present as being plausible and and, and believable. Um, but what it can say is that you know contrary to all those nasty liberals and and um, and, and and economic theorists who, who call for you know sensible policies, there is also the other school of thought that says you just spend, and in that way you stimulate growth and you give people money to go and spend in the economy and so on. And and unfortunately, uh, certainly from our point of view, I, I'm, I'm sure our, our economists will argue this uh, till kingdom come. But um, from certainly from our point of view, and as um, Busi Mavuso uh, makes clear, is uh, as she says, from Argentina and Greece to Zimbabwe, it inevitably involves massive disruption to public services, the retrenchment of much of the public sector workforce, and the collapse in value of government debt, so really not a place that South Africa wants to go. So we just hope that before the election we can actually win this argument. Indeed. All right, uh, mm. let us go on to our last story for today, and that is the growing water crisis in Johannesburg. Large parts of Johannesburg were without water over the long <laughs> weekend. There are lots of fingers being pointed, as per usual, between the city and Randwater. Randwater says the city's using too much. Uh, the city says that Rand Water just isn't pumping enough water. Um, uh, a DA councillor pointed out in a, who was interviewed by the Daily Maverick uh, that Stokefontein and Katse dams are currently full pretty much. Um, and yet we've, you know, so it's not like there's a shortage of water. There just seems to be a shortage of how much is pumped. Rand Water points out that the city is losing an enormous amount of its water, something like 40, between 40 and 60% of all the water is going missing due to leaks and uh, broken infrastructure. Um, and to make matters worse, the Water and Sanitation Minister is apparently very furious with the Joburg Mayor, Cabela Gormanda, for allegedly not showing up to a number of meetings to discuss this water crisis. And in fact, the only statement that's been put out by the Mayor's office in the, uh, since the water crisis really started to hit Joburg um, is to announce the renaming of William Nickel to William Winnie Madidika Zela Mandela Drive. Um, so we really don't look like we've got great leadership in the city of Johannesburg right now, I will say. Um, Michael, what do you make of this? Mm. I mean, you know, I, I, we were chatting earlier about uh, the difference in experience um, that, that uh, people in Gauteng are having now to uh, the experience we had in, when was it, 2016, um, where there was seemed to be a, a, you know a very real risk that if if we didn't save water and if we didn't have a bit more rain, um, the city would actually run out of water. And, and um, I, 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 certainly, I, I think the, the city of Cape Town uh, uh, might have made different decisions in the years preceding that to headed off this kind of risk. It's it's difficult to say. I, you could always, if, if there was, if there were apparently billions of rands, you you could have had a big permanent desalination plant that would you know rule out uh, water risk uh, for all time. But then we would have to pay. So there were very difficult trade-offs. But on the whole, I think uh, it was it was very well managed. The, the, the citizens were properly informed. 
every certainly every day sometimes even more than once a day we all knew exactly what the dam levels were they were very low and i think there was genuinely a sense that that what we were facing was was an existential problem a climate problem you know for a better way of putting it they were just you know drought and we'd run out of water the hot season is a very hot season uh the dams were were gradually declining and people did really have to step up to the to the plate and and cut their water usage and reuse water as much as they could and so on and that's really what what helped us pull through but it was you know we had a very clear sense of a crisis that was imposed on the city by factors beyond human control whereas here one does have a sense that you know dams it as you're saying 102 percent 97 percent um uh, you, clearly th there is a there is a, a kind of human-made uh, problem here um and that you know does require full attention from mayors and other officials attending meetings being present every day informing the public exactly what's going on incorporate you know getting the public on your side i think this is these are all important things w one of the big things here also was in encouraging people to um to to look for leaks literally look for leaks in, in in the water reticulation system in your area as it came into your house because a great deal of water is lost needlessly um, that way it can be fixed but people you know the city officials need to know where the leaks are and so you had you know the city was the residents of the city were were, were part of the solution here uh, and there was this very big effort. And we had a sense that, you know, there were officials, scientists and all the rest of it who were looking very clearly and coolly at the data, making predictions, giving warnings when they were when necessary, not being hysterical, not being sentimental, not being political, and just sticking to the, the facts before them. And this is what you need. But it does seem to me that that's, that's missing in, in Gauteng. Definitely. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. We hope that you found this interesting. And uh, that is indeed a wrap for today.